0: Okay, so anyway, you're going to do your intro spiel now?
1: Yes, I'm going to do my introduction. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast, episode number two. I am uh, Rob Fioradino and I'm here with my co-hosts, Dave. Hello, Dave.
2: Oh, you caught me off
0: guard. Hi.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. And Carney. Hello, Carney.
0: Why, hello, everyone.
1: So you want to give people a chance to, to recognize voices, right? So anyway, today we're going to be talking about some nerdy things. And if it's not nerdy, it will be by the time we're done talking about it. <laughs> anyway, so first up, any, uh, any follow-up on your uh, roof, Dave?
2: Uh, it is holding, and it uh, looks just fine, according to my wife. So I'm about to send off a note of thanks to the people who, who did it for us.
1: Oh, so with a little, some flowers, I'm sure, too, right? No,
0: uh, thank you. <laughs> flowers cost money. Thanks don't cost nothing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a thank you. Oh, well, I was going to say maybe the thank you is a form of a check.
2: No, a thank you, and then letting them know that, uh, you know, they're getting some good word of mouth from me. Oh. Very
1: sweet. So I, I I know we're on a little bit of a schedule here today because Dave has a, a camping trip coming up. Um, so tell me about your camping the people. Trip, the
0: people in the audience didn't hear the quotes around camping. No, they you need to say it. Down. <laughs>
1: I, was, I, was, I was saving that for comedic effect, but uh, yeah. <laughs> tell us about your camping trip, Dave.
2: Well, okay, camping is perhaps slightly overblown
0: right he's going to emulate a homeless person and leave, live in a derelict building
2: first of all i intend on spending most evenings i intend on spending most of my evenings at uh, my brother's establishment which is a uh, a very pleasant you know location to stay at uh the house
1: he owns a, he owns a koa
2: on my the house on my land is where we might stay one
1: night, oh I see, oh, oh, I see,
2: yeah, so you own some land, right, so have uh yeah, a little over ten acres in uh, northeast Kansas, and it's full of trees and a little river and and a hundred and ten year old house that still has some electricity, some water, <laughs> and a uh, a functional toilet, so
1: well, there you go. That's that's much better than most KOAs.
2: Yeah, so it has that, and one room that uh, we can clean up sufficiently to feel safe sleeping in. So,
1: now do you do you actually pitch a tent in the middle of the living room?
2: <laughs> well, I no, um,
1: oh no,
2: it's a nice little ten by ten carpeted room that we've vacuumed, and we put down uh, air mattresses and. A little, uh, you know, a sheet, and we just lay down, and it's, you know, as comfortable as an air mattress can be. But uh, yeah, when it's thirty degrees outside, it's only about sixty in there. In the summer, as long as our AC goes, it's uh, comfortable in that one room. It's a fifteen hundred square foot house, but uh, we have a hundred square feet of it that we actually feel comfortable living in.
1: And this is this is not in the city limits of any city, correct?
2: Right, we're about a mile outside of any urban-ish area.
1: But it does have functioning electricity.
2: Oh, we have uh, electric, and uh, we have they have a city water type system that goes out, they call it rural water. And so we have running potable water. Well, I assume it's potable, but
1: but it's a septic septic system no 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 sewage right right, yep we're uh putting it back into nature oh, well, see that's a nice little campground now, someday your hope is to change this campground into an actual house, right
2: yep, uh I plan to build something a little bit newer and a little bit perhaps a little bit larger. We're not looking for giant, but something a little bit uh. Larger, and we have to move it because of zoning laws and so on. So we can't put it where right where the current house is. But uh, absolutely.
1: But you're not talking about moving. You're not talking about moving the house. You're just talking about moving the spot where a house is going to be built.
2: All right, this house is about twenty feet off the property line, and you can no longer build. You have to be a hundred. Oh, wow. You have to be a hundred feet. How does they off the
1: property line? How does the other? How does the person who actually owns the land that the house is on feel about you staying in it? Oh, I own the land. What do I'm? <laughs> oh, you mean, Oh, it's by 20 feet off. You mean just 20 feet from the pro I thought you meant it was like over the property line into somebody else's. Oh land no.
2: That would have been funny. No, right, at, right across the <laughs> property line is a giant yard of nothing but grass. So yeah, I, I, i don't think we'll be you know, even if we stayed there we wouldn't be uh, bothering our our neighbors i mean this is these are all 10 12 15 acre chunks of land so
1: but your plan is so just so our, the listener knows what we're talking about here your plan is to kind of build a new house and then retire there at some point
2: right that's correct yep just a rather than i mean initially we were thinking we would uh renovate this place we have in the dallas area and it just occurred to me that wow, uh, sitting in my house, playing video games and watching Netflix—that that would be awesome for about a year, and then I would I would grow <laughs> weary of that, and so mm-hmm. decided. Uh, I know a-
0: that's why like retiring early isn't all it's cracked up to be.
2: <laughs> well, that yeah. is perhaps true, but. Uh, I haven't found anything that I really enjoy doing <laughs> for money. Oh, oh, so everything <laughs> that I enjoy doing for money has uh, changed drastically. So I'm, I'm ready to. Uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm really ready to try to see if boredom is, is worse.
1: Do you plan on doing any? I mean, so you don't really have any plans for retirement at this at like what you're going to do except maybe work on your new farm.
2: Right, all all, of all the farmers that I'm aware of, which you know, my father and grandfathers and so on, I'm familiar with what they, you know, their schedule didn't really have any holes in it. There was always something to do. Right. Um, Of course, they were trying to make money at it. This is going to be a hobby farm, so that means there'll probably be money going into it, not coming from it. But
1: Uh, yeah, well, you can mitigate some of the damage though by selling a few items here and but there. that's
2: yeah that's the plan i have a big old garden for fresh foods and theoretically it's cheaper i mean there are books out there called for instance the 500 Hundred Dollar a pound tomatoes and they're probably accurate for for city dwellers <laughs>
0: I've known some people, we've got some friends in Pensacola who have, a teach their children, you know, all about the land type of garden thing. They had a couple of chickens and, you know, the kind of garden you're talking about. And listening to them talk, I think it'd be cheaper if they just fed their kids (laughs)
1: gold-plated. No, but that that education (laughs) is priceless.
2: (laughs) It'd absolutely be cheaper to drive down town dallas and pick stuff up from the farmer's market but that is not what my wife wants to do the,
1: the, the people that i think are insane are the ones that are like raising chickens in the middle of a city it's like what this would I be the
0: people i'm talking about, about. yes oh
1: my god that is just insane that doesn't teach you anything to be a. It's just like, come on.
0: The only benefit that I can see out of it, from any practical terms, is that these chickens are quite, They're halfway between pets and feral chickens, and right. if, if nothing else, they don't have a tick problem. <laughs> you now, chickens are great for controlling ticks. So right. that, yeah. there's that. but you know i i've been my uncle is a farmer so i've been exposed to farms sort of like dave has been and (laughs) you know it's not my idea of fun let's put it that way
2: well i couldn't get off of the place fast enough and i probably have a little more exposure than you do but i i was because i was forced to do i mean i was the really really inexpensive help that got to do the things that uh (laughs)
1: <laughs> did he, your, yeah. dad, your dad didn't want to pay someone else to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: Now I'm sure that I will have plenty of things that I don't enjoy doing, that I have to do, but they'll be mixed in with all the things that I enjoy doing. So.
1: Did you did your did your dad was your dad raising hogs when when you were still around helping?
2: Oh yeah, he 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 quit doing that in 2010. So yeah, he he just recently.
1: Yeah, that's a miserable job right there. That's like one of the, to me, that's like one of the worst things to do in farming. Um,
2: well, I guess, every, you know, that depends on what bothers you and what, you know, he, he would not raise chickens because he grew up raising chickens. And he thought that that was a, a nasty, messy.
1: Which he's right. <laughs> yes, I was about to say. <laughs>
2: but uh, no, I think the things, I mean, the uh, problem with the hogs is that it's an, I mean, it's every single day. Well, you know, while my grandfather was alive, that was the only reason we could take vacation was because he could watch with livestock. Finding somebody that you trust with, you know, $100,000 worth of livestock is a bit of a chore, not to be too punny.
1: You can be as punny as you want, man. This is a podcast. That's that's our bread and butter. <laughs>
2: so anyway, I don't, I, I there will probably be a- animals. Uh Probably at the very beginning, I'll experiment around with that while uh, my wife continues. She's going to find herself something else to do, gainful employment, et cetera.
1: Oh, really? Okay, cool. So, well, she really enjoys the gardening aspect of things, doesn't she?
2: Yes. I mean, that's that's probably as much of the reason as, you know. I mean, she's completely on board with this change. I'm not twisting her arm at all to mm-hmm. to move out. I mean, again, it's only a mile from a town of... 5000ish and they have reasonable medical facilities and all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, and you've got family close to you and Kansas City isn't too far away from what I understand.
2: Oh yeah, my brother is almost exactly 30 minutes away from us. He lives in the middle of uh, you know, a suburban area that has all the amenities of where I currently live. Yeah. So, I'm not yeah to go uh, practically to go anywhere around here is about a 20 minute drive. So it'll be 10 extra minutes for me to get to a big box store or a electronic store. You know, if they still, if they still still have brick and mortar stores in two years.
1: Yeah, they might not. That's a good point.
0: I don't know. Last report I heard was Macy's was doing really well.
1: Macy's. Well, they closed the Minneapolis store.
0: Maybe not. I'm trying to remember who it was that uh, I was just reading had a really good um, financial report. Yeah,
2: I don't think that they will go away, but something about them will change. I'm
0: caught. Yeah, they'll definitely change. I agree.
2: The whole notion of maybe just a place where you can put your hands on stuff and then order it. I, I see that being one possibility. So.
0: Or the other is more custom stuff because, you know, if you, what you're ordering is a, a package of six pairs of white socks, you don't need to go look at it. You just need to know what size your feet are. You know, if you're looking for well, whether stuff matches and so forth or, you know, you want to get a particular look or you don't know what it is, you know, stuff that you need to put your hands on, that's going to be the, the, the where brick and mortar is going to make its mark in the future.
1: Yeah, or if I mean if there's enough Amazon distribution centers around where they can start I notice now in Minneapolis anyway, you can start returning things to an Amazon locker, which is interesting. So it's, you know, basically free returns, which is
2: That's an upgrade in service for sure. I hadn't heard about that around here. And that's one thing. If I if there's even like a ten percent chance I might return it because of something about it I can't tell, I, I end up brick and mortaring it so
1: yeah i've been buying clothes online but because it's you know it's it's limited right now some stuff they have free returns on clothes and uh which is really cool if you're if you're a prime member i guess um so yeah i mean i could see but i I think once that kind of becomes more the norm i could definitely see i'd much rather order stuff from amazon try it on at home and send it back if it doesn't fit than try to find a store in Minneapolis drive for 20 minutes to get there. And you know, all that crap.
0: Yeah. But we've all got prototypical male attitudes towards this.
1: Yes, that's very true.
0: Yeah. I said, I can tell you that, that for some things, my wife is all in on the ordering on the internet on other things, not so much. And for that matter, in my case, looking around for earphones for doing this podcast, you know, is that I was worried about whether it was comfortable so, you know, that I, that was more, I want to get hands on to it and actually touch it and feel it and see if this is going to work for me kind of thing.
2: I might take my advice from, for, based on other reasons, but yeah,
1: no, I think it's, I think for headphones, especially if your heads, I've, I've ordered headphones that people have said is, have been really comfortable and it's turned out they've been too tight because I got a big old noggin. So
0: yeah, I've got a fat head too. <laughs>
1: No, I mean, seriously, I I have a large fat head, but all right, fine. (laughs) Eh,
0: I'm going to own it so nobody else uses it against me.
1: (laughs) There there you go. That's good. All right. So before we started, uh, Dave and I were talking about the Amazon Echo a little bit. And uh, Dave, you were surprised that I had four amazon echoes in my house
2: <laughs> well i was only surprised because i hadn't heard you mention it until just now i'm not su- i i really see you as someone who would have them i just anticipated uh you would mention it when you did
1: yeah, no i i have the i have the big i have the big Amazon Echo here in the living room. I have a, a little uh, Echo Dot in the kitchen, and uh, I have a dot in the bedroom that's connected to my bedroom stereo. And then I have a little, and my wife has a dot in her uh, craft sewing room that's connected to her little stereo, and we love it.
0: Yeah, well, we're gonna have an Echo in our house when hell freezes over.
1: Yes, I I, I didn't even need to ask if you had one, Carney. <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean that, that, that combines all the elements that I hate of, um, you know, it adds in a special little something of creepiness to, to, to top it off. <laughs> I mean, I refuse to let the people hook up our HVAC system to the internet because that was more practical is that they had a, you know, the router they had that they want, oh, it's like, all right, okay, the firmware on this is already two years out of date. I'd really rather not be the founding member of a new botnet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, that's the whole thing is that the whole problem with sm- the, quote, smart home stuff from the notes here is... None of it, and I mean literally none of it, is kept up-to-date security-wise. Is that all the stuff that you buy that's got internet connectivity built into it, with the possible exception of the Echo itself, is basically a wide-open, you know, come-shoot-me-now invitation.
1: I think the Apple stuff, if it's Apple HomeKit-compatible, I'm not a security expert personally, but from what I've read and whatnot, Apple has... To get the Apple certification, you have to have a certain level of security. Now, I'm sure there's people that are going to say it's not enough, but it's... uh, I'd be
0: one of them. (laughs)
1: That's fine. That's fine. I'm Like I said, I'm not an expert, but...
2: Yeah, I actually don't know about the Apple stuff, but I mean, just as an example of what I... I You know, I would dispute what you said, said, Carney, because of just naming one thing, the ring doorbell. I'm not buying one. I'm not advertising for them, but it's something that... At each time it reboots, I believe it checks home and makes sure that it has the up to date stuff. So it's a rarity, but it's not.
0: Yeah, but the, here's the question: Is how how recent is the ring?
2: Oh, it's probably been out there for eighteen months, maybe a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, right now, I'll bet you twenty bucks that by the time it reaches thirty six months, it's no longer supported. Mm, well. I would take that
2: bet since it just got purchased by Amazon and they're going to probably just
0: put out a new version and stop supporting this one, yeah.
1: <laughs> mm, okay, all right. That's that's possible. I mean, it, there's there's certainly companies that have done that, but yeah, I think if it's it, the, what you're really, it seems like to me what you're really doing when you buy into one of these, you're, it's, it's almost like you're not buying the hardware, you're buying into the company and you've definitely got to, Put your trust in the company that Mm -hmm. they're gonna keep things up to date.
0: Well, there's another issue here that that doesn't seem to work into a lot of people's consciousness, is that the whole hardware thing is that this let's take this doorbell thing as an example. Whatever hardware it's got, is how long is the hardware going to be supported? How long are people going to be actually updating you know, developing on it, doing the updates on it before it slips first to a, well, it's a second generation hardware. We've got this guy back in the back, but he's keeping it up to date. And then you go to, well, the guy in the back was keeping up to date. He just got another job. So now we got nobody. Well, Well, we'll just, we'll worry about it later if there's a problem. And finally you get to the point, you know, the next step is you throw resources at it when you some big fault comes out and it makes the news. And then the final step is, is that you go, well, you need to upgrade it. It's not like your car or your cars used to be where they'd continue making parts for it for 25 years. It's that after 18 months, th- there's already a new version out. And by the time you reach 36 months, nobody even knows how to work on it anymore because they've all, all the developers have moved on to new stuff.
2: I understand what you're saying, I believe. And it's, it's hyperbole, but there is some truth to it. And also, unless, you know, just for example, I think you do have a cell phone, right?
0: Yeah, and the my cell phone is still getting updates. My wife's isn't, you know, and that's a perfect example of how how things work.
2: And I would expect. I'm surprised that yours is. I'm not. You know, I don't know what you have, but I unless you buy like one of three brands, chances of getting updates for more than six months drops dramatically.
0: Which is why we get Google. We get all of our phones through Google because they're actually they actually take the upgrades and the security semi seriously. Yeah, okay. I I didn't know you had
1: that. That's awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. No, and that's a that's a great example of of you're buying the service as opposed to buying the hardware. I'm I'm kind of uh-huh. the same way with the Apple stuff and Apple does a Apple's a, a, one example of a company that does really well at trying to support their old hardware. I think they're like four year, they've supported four years of phones right now.
0: Yeah, and Google's done pretty good. The only reason my wife's phone doesn't get anything anymore is that it's a really old one. We need to replace it, but it works, you know. But and it's the thing is that I for phones, I feel like you pretty much have to do that. You have to keep you know at least one year to upgrade. But you know, a doorbell, uh, a, a internet connected HVAC. You know, I just don't want to deal with this shit. I mean, uh, internet connected refrigerator that takes a picture of my moldy eggs. No, I don't think
1: so. <laughs> That sounds awesome, man.
2: Well, I think the I think the refrigerator is kind of a silly thing because yeah, it's like a two or three thousand dollar device that you expect is going to be a twenty year device, and you know that the electronics are only going to be good for five years top. So I'll I'll agree with that. The Ring, on the other hand, I mean, it actually has some value. If somebody's at your door, you can see who it is. It's not so expensive that I mean if you, here's the deal if you can't afford to replace it after like say three years of using it then maybe you shouldn't buy it
1: yeah I think that's that's it right there is it you've gotta all this stuff is kind of all this stuff is kind of hobbyist level stuff right now it's not it's not it's not an appliance that's gonna last for for twenty years like my um, like my uh, kitchenaid mixer has you know
0: yeah. And here's the other thing is that the, the, the ring bing, all the, the advantages you're talking about, Dave, are basically come down to, unless you are living in, you know, a war zone, basically come down to hobbyist stuff. Is that you're willing to screw around with things and you're willing to have, you know, a, basically a potential bot sitting there just because you think it's cool or it's fun or that kind of thing. Is that from a utility point of view? internet connectivity of all this stuff is absolutely it's like going to the car dealership, bending over and saying, "Please sell me a car
1: <laughs> you have a couple of home things as well Dave don't you
2: uh one dot, one echo, and uh, a recently acquired Google home mini, so nice. nice oh, and I guess you know I'd forgotten about this the uh, drop cam, which you know my wife got that for me long enough ago that I am concerned about its vulnerability. <laughs> so
0: what's a drop cam?
2: Oh, it's, it's, it's just a, a, a webcam that uh, you can buy the service. If you're a hundred bucks a year, it'll keep the last 168 hours of video. And so it's kind of sold, Yeah, you know, they say, Oh, it's out of security, but uh, anything that's wireless is not really going to be, you know, work as security against somebody who is trying very hard. So I I just have it for convenience.
0: At home, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, you really have two issues when you talk about security. One of them is, is somebody going to hack it and take advantage of you? You know, something like your drop cam, that's easily fixed by just putting a pillow on top of it, <laughs> you know, if it doesn't have a, a, a physical barrier. But the other concern is the, you know, somebody taking over as a botnet or that kind of thing. Not so much because they're breaking into your house or trying to steal your stuff, but just because they want to take advantage of your computing power.
2: Yep. Oh, well, that's, and you know, that's kind of a little side, I wouldn't call it hobby of mine, but I, I definitely pay attention to that stuff because it's of interest to me. And I, I know a long laundry list of things that have been, you know, hijacked for bot netting. And, and I, I haven't got a sniffer set up on my, you know, the network yet, but I do keep, you know, pay attention to it. So the internet will probably suffer many denial of service style attacks, but I don't think I'll be a participant in them for, for very long.
1: Well, I think the one thing we have going for us is we're probably not that interesting to a lot of people. We're not super wealthy, not super wealthy and we're not trying to make nuclear bombs. I mean, I think like the, like the uh, NSA or whoever hacked the Iranian nuclear program, demonstrated, uh, which actually there was a really good article about that this week. I can't remember where I read it, but, uh, about how, how
0: nobody's safe is the point you were going to before you derail. Yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like, if they can get, if they can get these, these air airwalled or air gapped, air gapped, yeah, air gapped, comput- uh, computers infected, there's some seriously talented and, and, um, i would say basically unbeatable uh people out there attackers out there that are probably working for the government and there's got to be some on the other side too so i mean if if they're really interested in hacking my amazon echo i'm sure they can do it the things that
0: people like you and i have to worry about is phishing attacks right. um you know things like hacked routers and you know the the the, the yeah I'm trying I can't i mean the, the it, analogy
1: that's always been out there is it's like, it's like it's like it's like the analogy that I've always heard is it's like your house it's like okay, well, you know it's really not that hard to break through a window if somebody really wants to get into their house, they're gonna get in, but you're just making it harder for them so that the, the return, it's not worth the trouble it's not worth the trouble exactly. And
0: that that's one of the things – that's why I'm very much against some of these things like, well, the Amazon Echo and so forth. I mean, with the caveats, I understand you guys know what you're doing, is that a lot of the stuff is, is, to my, just gigaws and toys, and they're attractive nuisances because they're processing nodes. Right. And the, the biggest problem with them is that, the, is that internet access. I have no uh, objections whatsoever to my computer – I mean, sorry, my refrigerator having a computer in it. You know, there's all kinds of things you can get out of it. And if nothing else, it's nice to have a big LED display light up and tell you that your refrigerator is at precisely 37.92 degrees.
1: And it works as a great nightlight. Yeah,
0: that too, exactly. (laughs) But I'm not going to hook it up to the internet so somebody can then use it, or, you know, at which point it's going to start acting screwy or it's going to crash altogether. And I'm going to have to get a technician out there and it's going to be used to inconvenience somebody else. It's just not worth attaching the stuff to the internet. It's not that there's a problem with the devices themselves, it's for God's sakes, don't just connect everything.
1: Yeah. Well, I I guess I do have have a little bit of hope that. At least Amazon, Google, Apple realize that if they fuck this up, Amazon. they're going to really <laughs> hurt their business um, because uh, cause they've all got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of of their reputation on the line with this stuff. So to
0: get Amazon, Google and Apple, I agree with. But Amazon yeah. has got its fingers in too many pies. Yeah. It's doing too many things. And that means that they don't have the resource. If you're doing one right. thing. You, you can do it right. When you're doing a thousand things, it's guaranteed you're going to do some of them wrong. And, well, you know, well, there's say, your
1: problem. right? I'd say there. Google and Apple both have a lot of stuff going on. But, yeah, I think Amazon is definitely the one I would, I would be the most concerned about.
0: They've got a lot going on, but Apple has got iOS, basically, you know, their yeah. operating system. And that's one thing with a lot of tentacles. Google has pretty much the whole Chrome Android thing, which is again pretty much a pretty limited scope that then spreads out into a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Amazon is into you know this, that, and the other that have no connection except that somehow they go through a warehouse.
1: Right. I mean the only the only thing that I the, the only reason I mentioned that is is I think they have a financial ultimately they have a financial interest in making sure that this stuff gets solved. So as long as those Um, interests are aligned in that way i think i'm not saying they're going to be perfect or even good at it but at least there's some motivation for them to doing it whereas uh, some of these some of these other some of these some of these other companies like i don't know d-link or something like that that maybe makes routers it's like yeah i'm not sure what what's their motivation for updating their router firmware five, five years from now i suppose if they don't they'll be out of business too but
2: the router places have an incentive in not updating it. As long as the internet still is around and functional, you know, if they don't have, you have too many old ones out there and you have nonstop DDoS stuff. that Clearly that puts them out of business, but otherwise their motivation is to sell you a new one in five years, not, not to update it. So.
1: All right. This has been a great show here. We're getting, we're getting close to the end of our time here. I want to let's end on uh, the next bullet point here, which was. how much do we spend on our hobbies this is technology is definitely one of my hobbies and i uh i mean we don't have to get into actual like dollar amounts but uh i mean do you guys spend a lot of money on your hobbies and obviously we're all gamers and carney's carney's not spending a lot of money on tech tech devices for his house apparently
0: no, but I'll tell you, spent. I, I think I can, this goes back in time, but way back when, way back in the before times, there was a game called Air Warrior, the first multi, massive multiplayer online game. And I'd spend $6 an hour to play that. $6 and an I'd hour? Be, yes. It was, it was running on a, a mainframes on the GE Information Services Network. And I was paying six dollars an hour for it and I was probably going 10 20 hours a week. so you know oh, I oh, yeah. yeah and the thing about that game was is that it was an addictive game and people would show up play for a couple of months and then they'd be gone forever
1: yeah, and they were... uh,
0: credit card meltdown yep. right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and you want to know what and where I was leading with this is That's that's serious money there. But, you know, I never spent half as much money as the people I worked with who hunted and golfed. You Mm -hmm. want to spend money? There's where the money's at: hunting and golf.
1: Yeah. Golf is insane. My whole family is a big golfer and I was a big golfer until a few years ago when my knees fell apart. And uh, yeah, you're spending, you know, 50 bucks a week. Easy on golf.
0: Oh, that's just to get access to the course, right? Right. You're not. Oh, yeah, you're, right. you're not. Yeah.
1: You, the- <laughs> yeah, you got to spend a thousand dollar on clubs. Uh, you know, it's like, oh my god, my dad is just insane. Dad, if you're listening, you're insane. Um, <laughs> I love you, but you you spend a lot of money in golf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's my
1: inheritance. <laughs> <laughs> now he can keep his money, but come right. on. I, <laughs>
2: Well, I think that's the point about it. Uh, you know, as long as you get your hobby under control, it's not taking food off your plate and messing with your your retirement plans. Which, uh, if you're not retired, then it is. But because you can never have enough money at the moment you stop working.
1: I, I approve of my wife's hobby, which has turned into gardening. Which is kind of like your wife, Dave. It's uh, she's uh, she's really started to the started getting into the gardening, and we spent I think we spent about six seven hundred dollars this year. Cause we put in a, a raised bed garden in the back and we're adding a bunch of like irrigation hoses, but it does really, I think all that stuff improves the value of the house and, and looks great.
2: I have not heard. Do you need to put this on a, the list for next, you know, for a future cast and maybe even post some pics? Because I always kind of thought you might have a little trouble there with gardening because of all the trees, but she's
1: clearly, well, we've, we've, we cleared, yeah, we took down a, a couple years ago, we took down a tree in the backyard. Um, But we, yeah, I'll, I'll, we should do that. We'll, uh, we'll talk about gardening next week.
0: Yeah. N- none of this is adding value to the house. It may be adding value to your life, but it's not adding value to your
1: house. <laughs> if we were, se- uh, if we were selling the house, like right now, the flower garden out front does definitely make the house uh, at least more pleasant to look at when you first walk up.
2: Well, yeah, not to disparage the the past too much, but if you'd seen his lawn prior to whatever he has in the backyard now, Carney, it's adding value to the house.
0: You're talking to the person who has a lawn service come in every two weeks and mow the clover.
1: Okay. I I like that. I I would totally do that.
0: And you want to know what's great about it? is all my neighbor's yards are brown and dying. Something is going around that's killing all their fancy pampered, you know, indoor raised grass. And my Clover is green and lush. And it's like,
1: but you can't kill Clover. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week with another episode of dedicated nerds. Uh, Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Carney. Thank you. Later one.